Hey guys, this is our U UFC 232 preview. I'm your host, Lasso, with Rupert. Hey, how's it going, guys? Alright, so, what do you think is the, the standout match of this card? Um, there's, I mean, obviously, the main event is going to be is gonna be crazy. We saw this fight five years ago, and no one gave um, Gustafsson a chance, really, in that fight. I don't know why. Right. <laughs> he was... He was he was being he i mean he was a beast i think he had one loss on his record before that fight um i have to double check that but anyway he was just on a roll and um and obviously the the rumors are that john jones was partying and drinking and not really taking the fight seriously right but i mean that doesn't change the fact that gustafson put it on him early and it wasn't until the latter part of the fourth round that jones got a a spinning elbow that he'd been trying to hit um, throughout the fight and he got it and 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 the fight turned in his favor and he got the decision you know he won the rest of that round pretty handily and then the fifth round uh gustafson was on last legs and he won that fight and it was a it was a big it was a big fight it was probably it's still probably the greatest light heavyweight championship fight ever um so that's the easy the easy you know what i mean the easy pick um but i think chad mendez alexander volkanovsky has a chance to be to, to be fight of the night. Um, okay, it's like it's kind of like you know that um, Spider Man um, meme where they're point to the two Spider Mans are Spider pointing at point. each other. Yeah, it's a, that's what it feels like with this fight. It's like Volkanovski feels like a younger, fresher version of Chad Mendes. Although Chad Mendes looked crazy good his last time out, I think he won like in um, less than a minute or something. But he's not gonna the 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 openings are not gonna quite be there. Even though Volkanovski does brawl, he tends to to get in the pocket and um and get in long exchanges. I think that they're both pretty much carbon copies of each other. So what's gonna lead to is gonna be some momentum swings and so you know Chad Mendes right. is gonna hit him with that padded in speed like crazy fast right hook and and Volkanovski is gonna do the same and and they're gonna have some wrestling exchanges. I do think that Chad Mendes has a speed advantage. But, you know, um, he has had, you know, cardio issues in the past. And, and Volkanovski, I feel like can, if he can get it into into, de into deep waters, I feel like that, that could be a fight. I still think Chad Mendes wins that fight. But I think it has a chance to be a barn burner. You So you think it goes the distance? Yeah. yeah. <coughs> Excuse me. Yeah, I think it goes three rounds, you know, split decision. And um, I still have chad mendes pulling it out just the experience and you know he's only lost to yeah, a lot of people don't know this chad mendes has only lost to champions or former champions so um while he himself hasn't been able to claim the gold he's never lost to like a non non-champion before non-former champion so so it's gonna take a lot for um alexander volkanovsky to change that so i think that the chad mendes he his experience is going to prove to be too much for the young gun i mean he's still i think just in the top 10 so um he needs i think this is maybe too much too soon sort of like it was for yair rodriguez when he faced uh frankie edgar so it's kind of like francis ngano and cipe miocic yeah yeah exactly i mean except that was obviously for the belt um right. but it was a little bit of you know, I'm gonna take you to school. That was kind of like, especially with everybody talking about Francis Ngannou was the next big thing, and the same things are kind of being said about um, Alexander here that he's gonna be the next, the next big thing at featherweight, and and so you know, Chad Mendes, he's he like I said, he's only lost to champions or former champions, you know. So 
he he he's not he's not gonna be he's not to be taken lightly and um i think that i think his savvy and his ring iq are gonna um bring it home for him but you know volkanovsky he can still he can still take it in a decision i feel like but it has a chance to like i said because these guys look to exchange in the center of the octagon i think there has a chance to be a, a fight of the night contender Cool, cool. Yeah, I haven't really. I've seen a couple of Chad Mendes fights, but I haven't seen anything from Alexander. Uh, can't pronounce his last name. Volkanovski. Volkanovski. Um, Volkanovski. Volkanovski. But the one I'm interested in is what do you think about Carlos Conde uh, versus Michael Chiesa? Oh, Michael Chiesa and Carlos Conde. Yeah, that's. I mean, you know, they're both going on slides. Chiesa obviously was involved in the in the bus attack he he's the one that got um his his uh, forehead cut with the dolly that conor mcgregor threw um and so his fight with anthony pettis got moved and then he lost he subsequently lost that fight to anthony pettis um via submission and then um be previously before that he lost to kevin lee via very controversial submission even though kevin lee was winning that fight handily there was um there was a uh, like a phantom tap you know some people say that he didn't tap other people are not quite sure what the referee was looking at either way he lost that fight so that's two in a row um for for Michael Chiesa and um and and the natural born killer is not doing so hot himself he's off coming off four of five losses so so um so he's he's in a bit of a skid too um but all that being said. You know, Carlos Condit is still, you know, a high, high-level striker. Too much for Michael Chiesa if he can't take it to the ground. So even though he's been in his wars with Robbie Lawler and, you know, the Nate Diaz fight and all these other fights that he's had over the years, Carlos Condit, where he's maybe not the same guy he was back then, he's still very, very high-level in the striking department. And, you know, um, Chiesa is just not there. And... While he's a, a, a high-level um, jiu-jitsu guy, he's not a great wrestler. So how does he get the fight to the ground is the real question. Right. So if he can't get the fight to the ground, that means that Condit is going to keep it, you know, at range, standing, make him get, make him uncomfortable, and he's going to finish him. Like he's going to have him in his fight. Right. And, you know, Carlos Condit has the submission wins too, you know. So it's not exact. It's not also like Carlos Condit is lost on the ground. Um that has been his weakness in the past. He struggled against wrestlers, you know. Yeah, very I guess two submission losses. Yeah, I mean, Damian Maya comes to mind very recently. He submitted him. He single-legged him, took his back, and, and, and submitted him in, I want to say, like 15 to 30 seconds, something crazy like that, um, which was crazy because that was a, you know, a number one contender eliminator match. So that's how far down the pecking order he's come. But, I mean, I see this fight going for um, – um, the natural born killer. I see him keeping it standing. I see um, Kiesa leaving himself open to some strikes, um, and then and then um, Carlos Condit finishing him off in the first or maybe second round. I think. Okay. Yeah, I think I need to go because I've seen Michael Kiesa, but I haven't really seen too much of Carlos Condit, so I have to go back and look you at some. You highlights. definitely should. He's he's former WEC welterweight champ, former interim champ. He beat Nate Diaz, or not Nate Diaz, um, Nick Diaz in that interim title fight. He uh, he he almost had um, GSP on 
loser street. Like it was close. He had kicked him, almost had him finish. You know, he didn't finish it. So, but and the rest is history. But you know, he is a future Hall of Famer, without a doubt. So he, you know, I grew up watching a lot of Carlos Condit, um, um, in his prime. So I'm a little partial to this fight because I want to see him succeed. And and I know he's close to retirement, even though he's only 34. I mean, to put that in perspective, Tyrone Woodley is 37, you know, wow. so. He has over 40 fights. Yeah, yeah, so he's, yeah, he started really, really young, you know. I'm convinced if Carlos Condon would have waited a few years to, to turn pro, I think that we're looking at a very different record um, for him, and he doesn't take as much beating. Like, he would be more in the in the early 20s um, of fights instead of, in, or in the 30s of fights instead of the 40s. So, um, but, you know, his career is what it is, and he's a legend in the sport. But I think that, I think he's just going to be too much for, for, um, for Kiesa. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's crazy because the last fight Kiesa had was against what? Anthony Pettis, a guy coming off a of skid. You know, he hasn't been quite the same since he lost his belt to, um, to Dos Años. And and so he, he it was seen as a, a, a oh I'm gonna step on this name to elevate myself. What happened? He gets submitted because whatever Anthony Pettis is going through, he's still an elite fighter. Right. He just it's more of a headspace thing for him. It's more of a, being able to make adjustments to what his opponents are trying to do to him. But if you're gonna take Anthony Pettis to the ground and try to do, you know, not wrestle him like you're not if you're not gonna try to wrestle him like like a like a like uh eddie eddie alvarez um would try to do then you're gonna have a bad day because he's a high level jujitsu guy you know right. and that's exactly what michael chiesa found out same thing same it's, it feels almost like the same the same fight you have um carlos Condit coming off several losses in a row but he's very capable of ending that fight standing up or on the ground and i just don't think chiesa is on that level I think Kiesa at best is a gatekeeper, like a like a top fifteen, borderline top fifteen guy. I think that anytime he faces a legit top ten guy, he's gonna lose. Um, I just don't. His stand up is not very good, and his, the only thing he brings to the table is his um, excellent jujitsu. But the problem is, is that he has no transition game. So how does he get people into the into into submissions from the from the standing up position or from the clinch? He's not very good. Right. So I don't I don't know. I don't know what his future lies. He just moved up from 55 to 70. And so the punches are going to be heavier. heavier. You know, um, he doesn't cut as much weight. So so that's a good thing for him. But um, I just, I, I don't see it. And I and, and the UFC is not doing him any favors. Because I, I see what they're doing. They're giving him a name that's struggling to see if he could prop himself up. But I don't think this is going to be the case. I think this is, this is a fight where Carlos Condit gets back on the win streak. And very easily, too. Like... I think that it's not going to be that competitive as, as it might seem on paper. But we'll see. I mean, that uh, that's the, the third fight from from the main event. I'm super excited. I'm excited for you to see Carlos Condit in action because he – hopefully he's even – any if he's anywhere close to, to, to peak um, – um, NBK, he's gonna he's gonna just run right through uh, Michael Chiesa. Great man, I'm looking forward to it. But um, moving down a little bit, I'm interested in that Kat Tingano versus Megan Anderson fight. Yeah, that's an interesting fight. Megan Anderson obviously just made her debut um, a few months ago against Holly Holm, 
Um, and and you know she's known for being an a, extremely accurate, powerful, long rangey striker. And um, Holly Holm is obviously a world champion kickboxer and boxer, right. and she's known for her striking herself. But she didn't want none to do with that. She was taking her to the ground using grappling that we've never seen from Holly Holm to keep her at bay. And then by the time that they were willing to stand up in exchange, you know, Holly Holm had tired her out already. And then she had nothing left in the tank. Cansegano is 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 also a great um, – she is a great uh, grappler. She, that's exactly what she's known for. She's known for her grappling. But I think where I kind of get um, conflicted about this fight is that people always bring out, okay, Kat Singano is a great grappler. She's going to take her down, control her, maybe submit her. But she doesn't have the same physical attributes that Holly Holm had. You know, um, those – when Megan Anderson and Holly Holm, you know, stood in front of each other in the, in the stare downs, they were roughly like the same. You know, they didn't – there was no big size discrepancy. You know, it was it was a 45er facing a 45er. That's what it looked like to me. When Katzengano tomorrow stands across from, from Megan Anderson, it's not going to look that way. It's going to look like a 45er facing a 35er. So I think that's going to play a part in it. If if Megan Anderson could keep her distance, keep Katzengano at bay, um, and if make her shoot from distance, then I think that, that Megan is going to be able to dictate the pace of the fight and probably finish her in the first couple rounds because I think she's going to have just too much power for for Katzengano. You know, f- funny enough, Katzengano is the last person to beat Amanda Nunez. So take that oh, wow. for what you want. Take that how you yeah, want. Yeah, that's why that's that's why I was interested in this fight because I've heard so much of Katzengano and not so much of Anderson. So I was... I yeah, was Megan Anderson, I mean, she's really good. She's, like I said, just made her um, UFC debut um, against Holly Holm. Before that, she was Invicta's Women's Champ. Um, the fight to make for the longest time was um, Cyborg versus Megan Anderson. That was the fight that everybody wanted to see for the longest time. She comes in th- into the UFC. She lays an egg against Holly Holm. So a little bit of that, you know, fire has died down because of that. But if she can get back on her feet and beat, I mean, she has to. She has to beat Kat Singano because she's going to have every physical attribute. And skills-wise, she's going to be so much better than her on the feet. Um, if she could keep the fight standing up and beat Kat Singano, she's right, right back at the thick of it for the conversation against Cyborg, especially because there's no one at 45, really, in the UFC, in the women's division. Yeah, and, and I think Cyborg's going to finish uh newness oh yeah um that fight's not going to be as competitive as people think yeah i just seen the past uh newness fights these last three i think since or two since uh ronda rousey um and then just seeing what cyborg's been able to do in the ufc it's just i i don't see any other uh maybe they go to the third fourth round but I don't I don't think it goes it goes past that uh if it does then it'll be a very surprising but I think I think Cyborg can finish Nunes. I mean, to be fair, Nunes is fighting higher level competition, I guess you can say, than C- Cyborg's fighting. At f- like what Nunes is facing at 35 is higher level than what Cyborg is facing at 45. But there's still stylistic favorable matchups, right? Misha Tate isn't the picture of striking. Right. Ne- neither is Raquel Pennington. You know what I mean? Um, the only person that you can say is a good striker that she's faced that can stay stay with her is Valentina um, Valentina Shevchenko but she's undersized 
So she's now the 25 champ. Um, I'm sure she would love to to get a rematch at 35 and try to become the the first woman to be a double champ. But I think that Valentina Shevchenko is almost a mirror image of of um, Cyborg. Even she's like a poor man Cyborg, if you will. And if she couldn't finish her. Just, just the punches are just going to be stronger, stronger more powerful, from quicker from Cyborg. You know, I just don't. I think that I think that she's gonna. People are going to be surprised because everyone's expecting a striking match. I think that Nunez is going to look for the takedown, and she's going to look for the takedown early. She's going to try to make her think about the takedown. She's not going to want to stand with her. I don't care what she says. She can and on Friday she can say, "I'm going to strike with her. I'm going to draw a line in the middle of the octagon, and I'm not going to move." That's a lie. She's going to look for the takedown. And try to 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 maybe work some ground and pound and try to get a submission in. The problem is is that um, Cyborg's um, um, ground her guard is really good. She's 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 a, a, a black belt in jiu-jitsu, Brazilian jiu-jitsu. It's not as high level as her stand-up is, but she's not a fish out of water on the ground. So I don't I don't know that I think that they see that as an advantage, but it's not. I, it's it's she's gonna be more powerful. She's gonna she's gonna be able to scramble and she's gonna be able to get back to her feet. And I think that once she's back on her feet, she has the cardio and the and the quickness to even if it goes into the fifth round, which I doubt. We all saw the Holly Holm cyborg fight. It was in the fifth round. She was her punches were crisp, crisp, lightning fast. Still in the fifth round, she was fighting like it was the first round. It's not going to be pretty for it's not going to be pretty for Amanda Nunez, and I think she knows that. So I think she's going to try to take the fight to the ground. But it's, I mean, if she more kudos to her, she's able to land a submission or or maybe you know an elbow very similar to what Gunnar Nelson was able to land on Cowboy Oliveira. Um, was uh, it last week? Brutal. Yeah, uh, a couple weeks ago. Yeah, it was like two weeks. Ago. It was a two. It was a uh, two thirty one. It yeah. was the Max Holloway fight. Yeah. So if something like that happens where it changes the whole complexion of the fight, then maybe I can see. Uh, a path to victory for Nunez, but if the f- it, I just it's just I don't know. Like she is cyborg is a faster, stronger, bigger version of Valentina Shevchenko. So if she couldn't beat Valentina Shevchenko, I just don't understand. Or if she couldn't finish finish, f- finish Valentina Shevchenko, I don't understand how she thinks she's gonna fi- finish the bigger version of her. And right. the reason I say finish is because if it's a decision, it's gonna be it's gonna they're gonna give the fight to to cyborg, cyborg because. If it ends up going to decision, it's going to be she would have been on the end of Cyborg's punches more often than not. You know what I mean? She would have. Yeah. She would have. Cyborg would have controlled the fight more often. That means she would have taken less risks. Um, I just don't see a world where she finishes Cyborg with strikes. And the only path to victory for her, for me, it's is a submission victory. Um, or like I said, like a like a crazy elbow or something, a ground strike where it changes the whole complexion of the fight. I just don't think it's going to be as competitive as people think. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, like I said, I still think uh, that's my prediction. I think Cyborg's gonna beat Nunes, uh, finish the fight, uh, probably, probably in the third or fourth round, uh, if not sooner. But um, what do you think about the BJ Penn uh, Ryan Hall fight? Uh, that's tough. That's here's the thing. I th- I think that BJ Penn, obviously, you know, he's way way past his prime. He's a legend in this sport. Um, and I mean, if he wants to fight, he deserves to fight whoever he wants to fight. And obviously, um, Hall is a um, a, a young guy, a, a a grappling guy, you know. Like so, 
I this is a tough fight for me because I think that BJ Penn still has enough snap in his punches to to keep the young man at bay from trying to shoot on him. You know, Hall is a relentless grappler. Like he just drags people to the ground. So I don't know. I mean, if I was if I was betting on this, I would say I would give the edge to Hall just because he's a quicker, faster, younger version. Um, but I mean, I I would I wouldn't be surprised if if BJ Penn had a miraculous, you know, landed a miraculous strike or elbow or something, you know, punch or elbow or knee or something that kind of um, kept Hall at bay and then, you know, able to maybe make him second guess some shooting in. I don't know. I don't know. I think I think it's it's a tough fight to call because conventional wisdom will tell you that Hall is just gonna drag him to the ground, beat him up get a submission that's what conventional wisdom would say but i think that um th there's still a possibility of of bj landing some strikes in there and keeping them at bay and and maybe that's not the case that's not what happens so we'll see um but yeah i think that is more than more more, more than likely it's going to be a, a submission victory for the young guy yeah i think um i think ryan hall probably take it like like you said with submission uh, and I think if, what do you think? You think if BJ Penn uh, loses this fight convincingly, uh, it should be it, or do you think he can still go? I mean, I think he's been done. Honestly, I think that he is just MMA is a young man's game, right? You know, and and I mean, sports in general is a young man's. You know, sports are for young people. You know, it's it's hard to to stay. That's why what what DC is doing is incredible. The fact that yeah. he's 40 years old and just destroying people. Like, he's not just beating people. He's destroying <laughs> them. Excuse me. He's just manhandling people, you know, and, and that's just jarring. And I think a part of that is because he didn't um, – DC hasn't taken the, the, the punches to the head as much. Like uh, someone like the wars that BJ Penn has been in, you know, with GSP and Diaz and – and um, um, Matt Hughes, and so like, there's been so many wars that, you, that the BJ Penn has been in that I think that it's, it's taken its toll. And he's he, and not only even like the high level fights, even his early fights, he would just like fight. You know, he was a fighter's fighter. That's why he became so popular so fast. Um, and so I think that that um, I think it's tough, man. But I think you know the UFC, as long as he doesn't he doesn't look too too bad, they're gonna let him fight again. Um, I think this is a fight that he can win, though. You know, like I think that, like I said, conventional wisdom leads me to believe that that um, the young guy is going to take it. You know, Hall is going to take it, especially because he's a grappler, so he's not going to be looking to exchange too much on the feet. But I also think that that leads to to BJ Penn having a chance. How many right. submissions have we seen BJ Penn land out of nowhere? Yeah. You know, like, does he still have the same pop in his hips to do that? Maybe not. not. But it's still possible. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I still, I, agree. I still think that. I mean, that would make me happy. If I, I could leave 232 with BJ Penn and Carlos Condit winning, I'd be a happy camper. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you I, – I don't know too many about these guys, but what do you think about Douglas Silva and uh, P Peter? P Peter Yan? Yan, yeah. So that's going to be a barn burner. That's a, So to me, the two fight um, – it's funny because um, they're both in the lighter divisions, but the two fights that have a chance to be fight of the night 
is is that one has another chance to be fight of the night. I think that those two guys are, you know, the Russian and the Brazilian. They're 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 incredible strikers, high high level, um, and I they're just gonna pretty much throw everything but the kitchen sink at each other. You know what <laughs> I mean? Like so, so that's gonna be a fun fight to watch. Um, and then obviously the young prospect with Jan being the young prospect, and I mean you know um, Dan Drage is no is no chump either. He's twenty five and two. You know he 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 he's a good he's a good fighter. Obviously a lot of that record's been built in the Brazilian you know um, regional scene and things like that. But I think he's a high he's a high level fighter. I don't think that this is a a gimme for for Jan. You know so we'll see what happens. But I think that those two guys are just gonna you know, throw down old it's fashioned gonna be a war. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, I see it, you know, maybe ending in the second round, you know, after nine minutes of intense, you know, um, back and forth and, and whoever lands the big strike first is gonna, it's gonna win. But I think that Jan obviously is the favorite in this fight. I think he, he has a bigger range of, of, of tools. Um, but, um, I wouldn't be surprised if Dan Drogis put up, was able to pull it off. Yeah, I mean, uh, like I said, I don't know too much about these two guys, but uh, uh, I'll take your word for it. Uh, what do you think about the heavyweight fight, though, uh, between uh, Walt Harris and Andre Alvanovsky? Arlovsky and Harris are, it's going to, that's another example. Man, so 232 has a lot of that. Uh, has a lot of, like, legends in the sport. I guess three, right? Who's Is there another fight with a legend in the sport? No. So it's Arlovsky, BJ Penn, Carlos Condit. At the peak of the UFC before the new era, be- before, like, say, the Conor McGregor, John Jones, Ronda Rousey era, those guys were the face of the UFC, you know, um, were, were the faces of the UFC. Right. And so, but Orlovsky's chin has evaporated. I mean, it hasn't been as bad recently, but it's it's not there. Like, he he would put, you know, he would bite on his mouthpiece and, and go forward in his fights in his heyday when he was champion. And it's just not a recipe for success these days against these more athletic, powerful guys like Walt Harris. I think I think that's gonna be, you blink and it's over. I think Walt Harris is gonna is gonna get in the center of the octagon. They're gonna they're gonna size each other up. They're gonna have an exchange and he's gonna land a, a, a shot. And I think that's I don't know. I don't think that Arlovsky's chin is gonna be able to deal with that. So you think it's like a first round knockout? Oh yeah, that, yeah. I would be surprised if it isn't. Um, I mean, I guess the, there's a there's a path to victory for Orlovsky if he's able to grind him out, stay in the clinch, dirty box him a little bit. But I just think that 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 Walt Harris is going to be able to keep him at distance long enough to land his shot, and then once he does, it's gonna it's gonna be all she wrote. Because I don't I don't believe in in um, Orlovsky's um, chin chin anymore. No. Yeah, I mean he's getting up there, so. Yeah, and he has war. He's had wars, man. Like Orlovsky's had some serious, serious wars through the years, so that takes a toll on you. You know, Dana White recently, or not recently, but a few months ago, I remember he was talking about McGregor fighting Nate Diaz again, and he was like, "I don't know if I want to see that again." Like, those two guys are young; they don't need to go through another war like that so soon, you know. And and it's true. It's it's it, it, that's what exactly was like. You look at all these high level fighters that kind of decline very quickly. That's what happened to them. They had wars. You, you look at you look at um. Um, um, why am I trying to blank right now? Condon and BJ Penn and those guys. Even Frankie Edgar worries me. Frankie Edgar had never been knocked out before. All of a sudden, Brian Ortega knocks him out with an uppercut. I mean, it was an uppercut from hell, but still, 
you know yeah, but the fact wars. that he was able to 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 connect with that and then knock him out you know it's i think it's a testament to all the wars that that Frank had been in. yeah you know um the great mannered fights jesus like just those fights so and someone's career you know yeah so so i think that you know so yeah you know just to kind of tie it up a little bit yeah i think orlowski orlowski's gonna is gonna he his chin is gonna be tested and i think that 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 it's not gonna end well for him but we'll see i mean um i think that's a good fight this 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 card is really loaded like with with very interesting fights um up and down the card um all the way from the from the prelims from the early prelims to the prelims to to the main card i think it's it's it has a chance to be the greatest ufc card of 2018 for sure easily i think that um other cards have been good but not great um um they had uh, the other cards have been better on paper they haven't really delivered you know on the day on the day but i think that this card has a real good shot of being of being the best card of the year for sure especially you know I mean you look at just storylines alone you look at john jones coming back after what a year and a half layoff um yeah yeah just about a year and a half and not only that coming back to fight the guy that almost beat him some would say beat him you know i just watched the fight again last night and i think he beat him i think i think i mean obviously people gave him the first three round or gave one of the first three rounds to 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 jones and 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 he won the last two rounds and so people that's what that's their justification for john jones winning that fight but i i don't know man i think that that um gustafson did everything he needed to do to win obviously he didn't finish strong and you know maybe uh, that's what ended up swinging the fight in the favor of john jones but i feel like i feel like he was there now obviously there's all the talk about john jones being um a party animal back then and not taking it very seriously and so so what version of john jones are we gonna get right you know what i mean are we gonna get an even better version where are we gonna get the john jones that sparked um dc are we gonna get that john jones because we're gonna get that john jones that Mm. that that, that fight's not gonna last very long right i agree you know what i mean like that john jones looked quick smart making all the right moves uh, everything like he looked like he he like he was playing with a cheat code against dc <laughs> that's what no, he looked yeah, like i agree and dc we obviously like dc himself said that there's levels to this shit right dc is a phenomenal one of the greatest of all time double champ some people contest his double champ him as double champ because he didn't beat the champion for the belt like everybody you know most people say conor mcgregor is a real double champ because he beat Aldo, who was a champion, then he beat Eddie Alvarez, who was a champion. Um, um, DC didn't beat Jones. He got awarded the belt, and then he defended it against Glover Teixeira, and then he beat Stipe, who was a champ. Not, then he became double champ. So some people will contest that he's not a true double champ. I'm not one of those people. I think that he can't, he can't, you know, um, control the circumstances that he was given, you know, and he did the best. And he's he beat, you know, one of the greatest heavyweights of all time which is Stipe. He'd done something no one was able to do before, which was defend the belt three times. Three or four times. Three times. Three times, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even the great Cain Velasquez, who in my mind is the greatest heavyweight of all time, um, he wasn't able to do that. And so so you there you have it. You, you uh, John Jones, at his best, taking it seriously, 
is an absolute monster. You know, he he's he's just so creative, so quick. You know, he's a for a long time people didn't like realize that he was a wrestler, you know, because yeah. his his striking is so skilled, like it's so high level that pe- no one really thought about him as a wrestler, but he's a Juco champion, you know what I mean? So so he he has everything you need to be successful. Obviously, he's done it. He's never lost. Offici- I mean, officially, he's lost once, but that's not. Everyone knows that. I don't that think that's that you should count that. But yeah, everyone knows that that's a bullshit loss. Yeah. Um. So. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you have the main event with those two. Um, Gustafson, the bright lights have gotten into him a little bit. We saw it. We saw it with Jones in the latter half of that fight. Then we saw it with DC, where he kind of faded a little bit in the later uh, later part of that fight. Um, so those are his two biggest fight. Obviously, he got starched by, by Johnson, but Johnson can do that to anybody. Um, and so he's back on his winning ways. You know, he, he, he beat, he beat up Glover Teixeira and, and, um, um, Jimmy, Jimmy Manuel. So, I mean, we'll see, we'll see, we'll see what, what this fight holds. I personally think that's going to, it's not going to go to five rounds. I think it's probably going to be like a mid round stoppage. For one of those guys, for John Jones or or um, Alexander Gustafson, I think Gustafson has an edge early. I think, even though like people, most people will tell you that he has an edge late. I think that's inaccurate. I think Gustafson has an edge early because even though his cardio will play late in the fight, I think that very similar to to Floyd Mayweather, John Jones kind of like processes you. You know what I mean? Like yeah. he downloads the data and then he then he figures out the best way to attack you. You know, and I think that especially with a fight, you know, a previous fight already in the books for John Jones to be able to look at to see what Gustafson does good, whatever. I think that's gonna play I think that's gonna play huge. So I think that if he's gonna win that fight, if Gustafson is gonna win that fight, it has to be early. He has to surprise him with something, you know. I, re- I I tell people all the time. This fight reminds me of um, of the Argentinian boxer that fought Floyd Mayweather. Um, what's his name? What's his name? Why am I drawing a blank? Um, that it was a very close first fight, very contested. Um, Maidana, 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 and and Mayweather. First fight, very well contested, very very. Um, frustrating for Mayweather and then the second fight was the exact opposite and I can see that happening again with Jones with Jones and 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 Gustafson the first fight was very frustrating for for Jones got taken down for the first time in his career not only once like several times like three or four times and not only that his takedowns were stuffed he only had he was like one for 12 for takedowns so so it was a very frustrating night for John Jones but I think that he's going to be able to look at that fight Download the data, and then he's gonna be able to go take that and be confident in this next fight. I mean, obviously, so is Gustafson, but I don't know what Gustafson can change to beat John Jones. You know, aside from being more aggressive early, he was more worried about not standing in front of him early last fight. He was more worried about, you know, staying on his horse and being active and 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 being light on his feet, which I think is those are all good things you want to do against John Jones, but you have to hurt him. You have to, you have to make John Jones think twice about closing the about distance. About what he's doing, yeah, yeah, about closing because John Jones is gonna want to fight him 
See, the mistake that John Jones made the last fight is that he was trying to fight him at range, right? And he's so he was so used to fighting people at range and 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 picking people apart. When that didn't work, he tried the takedowns. Then that didn't work, and what? Then he started the dirty boxing and the and the fl- fighting close. Well, he already knows that he's not going to be able to fight him at range, and he already knows that takedowns are not going to be that easy. So what we saw at the end of the fight exactly. is what we're going to get at the beginning of the fight. Exactly. Yeah. And so that's an adjustment that 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 Gustafson is going to have to make. Um, how does he combat that? He has to try to keep the fight at distance. He's going to have to try to keep um, John Jones from 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 dictating the pace of the fight. Maybe take him down a few times early. Uh, there's so many avenue things that he has to think about. But like I said, I think early early is the is the is the right you know early is the the clearest path to victory for Gustafson. And I mean, if I was going to predict anything, I would say John Jones via head kick. I think that he 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 he'll eventually time a head kick, and and then you know that's all not, she wrote. Yeah, that's all she wrote. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And they just. I mean, obviously, Cyborg. I think is going to win her fight. Um. V- r- rather convincingly. Um. And then. You know, you have Latifi, who I think is also going to win his fight rather convincingly against Anderson. Um, who else is on the main card? Uh, uh, Chad Mendes is going to win his, and then Condit. I think Condit will win his. That those are like my predictions. I think I think Mendes, Condit, Latifi, Cyborg, and Jones. Um, I want to say those are all the favorites. Uh, no, Condit is not a favorite, right? Yeah, no, um, I think he's yes, um, is a favorite. Yeah. So everybody, all the favorites win except for Condit. I think Condit uh, will be the lone underdog to win in the on the main card. Um, and then we'll see. I mean, this this kind of closes the book on 2018. A crazy 2018 for the UFC. Um, obviously, everything from you know the John Jones stuff with with. And well, I guess we should talk about that for for a second. Um, so John Jones, he he had an atypical finding in his in his drug test. Which, best I can decipher from what people like this, you know, scientists and everybody are saying is that what that means is that if you took what he was found in his system and you cut it down into 50 million pieces, one of those pieces is what was found in his system. Or if right. you took a grain of salt, I'm sorry. If you took a grain of salt and you, and you cut it into 50 million pieces and you put one of those 50 million pieces on the table that's what was found in his system so what they what they're saying is that that it's more it's consistent with it being from his last failed drug test and not something new that he ingested like it would be impossible for him to ingest something at that level um and he's also being tested very frequently unbeknownst to him like whenever like they're not letting him know when he's doing it so i think that as much as I've been a critic of John Jones, because you you know how I feel about about cheaters, right? I think that this is probably something that is not kind of worth talking about. I don't think that it's something that that he no he was taking something and then they found it. I think it's just something that popped blo- popped back up into his blood system, and obviously the experts agree, you know. So I'll take their word for it. But yeah, yeah so that's, that's why. Insane. Yeah. So that's why the fight was moved from Vegas to the Forum because Vegas couldn't, the Vegas Commission didn't have the resources to put it in front of a board and talk about it and and 
you know, approve his license. So they moved him to California where they did have the resources for some reason. So I guess people in California don't go on vacation during Christmas. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so they were able to to get his license approved. And um, and there's a fight, you know, to tomorrow, the, the weigh-ins. And I hope there's nothing weird that happens at the weigh-ins, like with no fighters missing weight or anything like that. I don't. I don't think there's any fighters on this card that have had weight cutting problems. I mean, aside from Cyborg, but Cyborg's always made the weight limit, so I'm not. I don't. I don't worry about her missing 45. Um, Kiesa, I guess, has missed weight before, but that was at 55, so he's fighting at 70 now. So uh, hopefully, everything's pointing, trekking in the right direction for all the fights that are that have been planned going down officially. So. You know, we still got to keep our fingers crossed because you never know. But yeah, no, we'll see. This this is definitely going to be a great card. I mean, it has at least two main events that can that can make big numbers, and it's all in one card. So I think this card's going to be great. Um, there's a lot of people that I haven't seen, and I'm excited to see them. And uh, I just hope that if John Jones wins, then nothing comes out afterwards. That's the big thing, yeah. Like, um, I, like he's going through so much testing that I would be shocked if it did. I mean, not that I would be shocked that he's cheating or doing something. I mean, that's a conversation for a different day. But I think that I would be really, really surprised just because of the amount of testing that he's been going through in the lead up to the fight. So I'd be very surprised if if something negative comes from that. I mean, the real I think the storylines to come out of this. I mean. That we could talk about later, but the storylines that will come out of 232 is what happens with the lightweight, the, the the light heavyweight division. You know, do if Jones wins, do you do a DC Jones three with Jones up two fights to none? Is that something that people want to see? Um, if Gustafson win, do you do Gustafson DC two with you know with DC up one fight to none? Um, if Cyborg wins, where does she go from there? If Nunez loses, I mean, obviously she just goes back to 35 and she defends against who? I don't know. I'd, I would have to look at those rankings. I'd, there's no one that pops, f- you know, to the front of the list in my mind at 35. 35 is just not that great these days. Um, I mean, Casangano would beg to disagree if she wins, you know. I So that's probably the, the fight to make. Make if both uh, Nunez and Casangano win. Yeah. Um, I think that's the fight to make if they both lose. Like, who who do you put? Yeah. You know, like who do you put ahead of Katsingano? You know, um, I I don't know anyone at thirty five that that has a legit gripe for the belt. Um, and then Megan Anderson, obviously, if she wins, then she gets her next crack at at Cyborg, and that's a fight, man. That's a fight. That that'd be two fighters, zero interest in going to the ground just bombing at each other and i think that's a fight that could be made for um international fight week in the summer obviously if chad mendes wins he has a legit um gripe for the 45 belt depends on what max holloway wants to do next um you know i mean a henato i I guess he has a, a shot too so maybe you do henato versus versus um versus Chad Mendes and the winner of that gets the next shot. Um 
Yeah, so who knows? Um, and then what else? What else? What else? What else? I mean, Latifi, if he wins his fight, he has a very interesting gripe for the for the two hundred five belt. Um, obviously, if Condit wins, then he's back in the mix to fight like a top ten guy, and hopefully, maybe that puts him on a on a streak towards towards contention for the title. But he's so far removed from that; he just wants to get a win at this point. Um, I mean, you have Michael Chiesa. If he wins, he it's a it's coming in. How many times have stop? Maybe heard this before. Oh, I'm struggling at one weight class. I'm gonna move up, and then I'm successful. How many yeah. times have you heard that? It ha- it's happened so many times. So, um, usually going up happens for guys more so than going down in weight. Um, obviously we saw Anthony Pettis try to go down to 45. That didn't quite work out for him. Um. And we've seen like Conor McGregor and you know um, other guys, um, Cowboy Cerrone, Dos Años go up in weight and they've been successful. But you know guys like Dos Años and Cowboy Cerrone, they and Cowboy Cerrone just went back down to 55. I think his next fight is against Hernandez at 55. Um, but those guys experience at the at the at the at the bottom of the barrel kind of of the the division they experience some success but the moment they get to the top five that's where it stops you know it stopped for Cerrone it stopped for those años and I think that that and those guys are way better fighters than than Chiesa you know so I, I don't I don't know that the, the Chiesa is able to to um to even beat Condit, so if he can't beat Condit, then I don't I don't see a world where he beats like Darren Till or yeah I don't know even if Darren Till is staying at at seventy or he's moving to eighty five, but um, any guys at the top ten, Usman or or Covington or or Ben yeah. Askren, or Ben Askren would bend him in half, <laughs> you know if they were to fight. Really I, excited to see him in the UFC. Yeah, that's gonna be great. That's gonna be great. Ben Askren is. I mean, if you are a wrestling fan. If you are a fan of grappling, you will be a fan of Ben Askren. And I'm a poet and I didn't even quite realize it. <laughs> ben Askren is excellent, excellent, powerful. Um stand up's not the great great greatest, you know, but he's still he's still an excellent fighter. I think that he uh he's gonna carve out a, a good career. Kind of, you know, switching like it's this reminds me of a very similar situation that's happened in the WWE with um AJ Styles you know, building a legacy for himself outside of the WWE. Everybody's clamoring for him. And just when you give up all hope in the world, he's in Japan doing his thing. Next thing you know, he shows up in the WWE. Same thing with Ben Askren. Just when you gave up hope, when you thought that it was never going to happen, he's in Japan. He's set to retire. Boom. Next thing you know, he's in in. So the par- I see the parallels there. And I can see Ben Askren having very similar success that AJ Styles had in the WWE. Obviously, one scripted, one's um, competitive for real. But, but I, I still see a very si- – I see the parallels there. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I agree. But, uh, yeah, so I think that's it for our predictions. Uh, let us know what you guys think. And if you liked the, the video, like and share. Thank you. Peace.